The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guest this week, love having this guy on. He is the Vice President of Business Development at Banzoogle, a platform that helps artists create websites and manage their content and merchandise. Recently, Banzoogle has launched some artist-friendly features, including a tip jar and virtual ticket sales options. You can find out more about these new features and our guest's work by visiting www.banzoogle.com and by following our guest on Twitter at Dave underscore cool let us welcome our friend dave cool onto the break the business podcast welcome back dave thanks ryan pleasure to be here again pleasure to have you flashback with me now the last mm-hmm. time we had you on in 2016 i had to introduce you as banzoogle's director of artist and industry outreach and now you are their vice president of business development now look i don't know much about business titles and like what makes one title more important than another title like a director and a vice president those both sound pretty important but I am inclined to think that what you have experienced since the last time we talked is a promotion. Is that right? Have they moved you on up over at Banzoogle? <laughs> yeah, you would be correct. Um, I, I, I believe it was a promotion. Um, you know, I've been there. I guess if you stick around long enough. But um, no, I, I um, my focus, uh, when we first spoke, I should say, I was very much heavily involved in the day-to-day of our artist relations and communications and running the blog and writing for the Banzigo blog, which is I was, I was originally hired to do. And the, blo- the Banzigo blog is like my baby. Um, put many, many years of work and effort into it. And since we last spoke, um, I'm letting go of that and handing it on to other uh, awesome people at Banzoogle to focus my attention more on the other part of my job at the time, which was partnerships and and just being that point of contact for anyone that wants to work with Banzoogle, whether it's another music company, a startup, music association, music school, that kind of thing. So focusing more of my time and energy on, you know, strictly the partnership side of things. So um, so now the title more, I guess, accurately re- reflects that uh, change to my uh, my daily routine. Well, congratulations. That sounds like <laughs> a truly it. well-deserved promotion. Does this mean that we're not going to get as many blog articles from you now lately? Because I really enjoy reading the stuff you write. I hope, I hope that you haven't completely dropped the pen going forward. <laughs> not completely, but... Pretty much. Uh, our blog is actually more active than ever, uh, which is amazing. Uh, we have an amazing team. Uh, Melanie, our communications manager, is now overseeing it, along with a team of internal writers at Bain Zugel and freelance writers. Um, so it's actually more active um, than ever. And I I see what's going on on the blog, and I love it, but I don't, I'm not a quite involved day-to-day anymore, which is okay. Um, other people have taken it and taken it to the next level, which is uh, which is what you want to see. That is tremendous. And I have seen a lot more traffic on that webpage, continuing to dispense great wisdom, and it's a welcome development. And that's why we're having you on, is to dispense some wisdom. And <laughs> we're going to have you on and have you uh, share some great advice with the listeners, as you always do. So I want to start us off. Before we talk about some of the new features that Banzoogle's been doing 
Whenever I have somebody on who works with any company that creates websites for artists, I, I need to ask them the obligatory artist website question, even though we've asked it a hundred times on the show, but we always get new listeners and I want to make sure we cover this ground. Can you tell the listeners why it is important for artists to have their own website and not just have a bunch of social media accounts? Sure. Yeah. It's, you know, it, and it's interesting. Ben's been around for 17 years now, and so much has changed online in those 17 years. But one thing that's remained consistent is that having your own website and email list, which is, they kind of go hand in hand, um, has, has remained relevant even through the age of MySpace and you know, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And the reason for that is, is having your own website means that you own that little slice of the internet. You, it, you own and control it. And as long as you keep renewing your domain name, your fans, the industry will always be able to find you there, no matter what social media platform is popular at the time. And social media, as an aside, is obviously super important. Uh, that it has its role in, in you know, in marketing for for an artist. But you want to use those channels to drive people to that place that you own and control because you control the experience. Uh, you own the data. So when people get there, you can collect their emails. Again, that's also super important because if social media platforms come and go or things change, like Facebook, how many times have they changed the rules? Uh, MySpace, you know, if anyone's old enough listening to this, <laughs> remembers <laughs> MySpace. Um, you know, you, there was no copy my MySpace friends to Facebook fans. You had to start over. And even more recent, more recent example is the threat of banning TikTok in the United States. I mean, a lot of musicians are having success on TikTok. So all of a sudden, if that gets taken away from you for reasons that you don't can't control. Um, you know, having that place online where your friends can go, oh, this is where I can find this artist. And you put your social links and people can find you on those platforms, but try to own that space um, for your career. And, you know, industry expects to find you there. That's another thing. Like it, it shows a level of seriousness in your career um, and you can really control the experience and you can sell if you're looking to monetize, especially you can sell your music and sell merch, you can sell tickets, uh, virtual um, live stream tickets, um, take donations, things like that, all through your website. And you can control that and have a direct relationship with your fans um, that way through your website. So there's a bunch of reasons, but those were probably the, the, the biggest ones. So even in the nearly 20 years that Banzoogle has been around, this one universal truth remains that every artist needs to have a little piece of real estate on the internet that belongs to them because social media comes and goes there were a bunch of musicians that were doing great things on Vine, and then Vine disappears, and then you lose all those fans. You have a lot of musicians right now who are doing great things on TikTok, and we came, at least in the U.S., came about six inches away from that disappearing and all those musicians losing their fans. You need something that's always going to belong to you, that's not going to go anywhere, that can be a central hub for you to collect data uh, from your fans and uh, be able to monetize. And, and uh that's so, so critical, especially now as as things in social media are just becoming more and more tumultuous to have that piece that belongs to you. And Banzoogle can definitely help you with that. Speaking of the music industry being tumultuous, Dave, <laughs> yeah. what, what's going on with COVID-19 and how it's completely disrupting the way that indie artists are engaging their fans, it's something I want to talk to you about because... There are there's a significant contingent of indie artists out there I know cuz they're emailing me all the time on this podcast who got their fan support that their main instrument of fan engagement was live performances. They made their fans literally one at a time 
by glad handing at the shows, meeting the fans at the shows, getting them to sign those mailing lists. Yeah, we still use mailing list listeners. It's very uh, email lists. It's super important. And overnight that's disappeared. You can't do that same strategy anymore. You have to find new, more tech focused ways, more online ways to invite fan support and cultivate fan engagement during the pandemic. For the artists who are used to doing things in the real world and are now in the digital world, do you have any general advice for them on how they can pivot their fan support strategy during the pandemic? Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's obviously been um, a strange year for for all of us, but you know, especially for musicians that were used to playing live shows, like you said. So, you know, after that initial shock of you know everything getting shut down and seeing that it's going to be a while, um, and we're still waiting for things to get back to normal. You know, I think a lot of musicians took the time that maybe didn't have their online presence set up to take the time to do that and explore some of the different revenue streams available to them um, through their website and other online channels, which is a very positive thing. And and I don't think I've ever spoken about revenue stream digital online revenue streams more than the last, than since March. I mean, it's it's obviously been a, a hot topic, and we've seen our current members using their uh, the, the built-in e-commerce tools more using our built-in fan subscriptions that that online fan club model where you monetize on a monthly basis for recurring revenue and it's really inspiring to see some of the creative things that musicians are doing because everything that they do now to set up their business online and uh, engage with their fans online and, and monetize online will be set up for when they do go back on the road and do start touring and go back to festivals, then these revenue streams will be there. And then you can add back that live show festival uh, and tour revenue to the pot, which is great. Um, you know, we have, uh, there's been a lot of interest, like I said, in the fan subscriptions feature in particular. And I spoke to some of our members that uh, we did a webinar for uh, Folk Alliance and they were talking about how they're excited now that they have it set up. They're excited to get back on tour for a lot of reasons, obviously, but they can use being back on tour to further give their fans some exclusive behind, you know, backstage looks at touring and things like that so they can incorporate what they've built strictly online now and bridge it with going back to meeting people in real life um, in a way that's kind of new and exciting for them and for their fans. So, you know, amidst all of what has been a, a pretty dark year for a lot of reasons, you know, we're seeing a really a lot of inspirational stories and, and seeing musicians really step up their online game and getting everything set up and that they'll be in a great position when things do uh, finally reopen, hopefully soon. So what I'm hearing is that the pandemic is compelling a lot of artists to make investments in certain forms of fan engagement, certain mechanisms of fan engagement that they wouldn't have invested in otherwise, such as deeper kind of live streaming, maybe giving fans more behind the scenes videos, maybe investing in some of these other monetization models like patron based models and things like that, that they wouldn't have looked at before. And those are investments that many artists wouldn't have felt the necessity to make until now. But once you've made those investments, now that the pandemic is over, you have those and you can continue using them even while also still having your live music revenue streams back again. 
Absolutely. That's exactly right. Yeah. So it is, it's been inspiring to watch. I mean, it's, it can be tough sometimes to find uh, good news, but uh, you know, when we looked at our, uh, our user data, we put out an infographic recently, just showing, you know, Benzigo members, we, for context, we have uh, roughly 55,000 uh, members um, that power their websites with Bainzoogle. And since mid-March, they've generated just under $5.5 million in commission-free. So all the sales that happen through Bainzoogle are absolutely commission-free. goes straight from the fan to the artist. So just about $5.5 million generated through digital music sales, merch, CDs, vinyl, T-shirts, um, fan subscriptions, donations through our tip jar feature, live stream ticket sales, and other digital files like video lessons, sheet music, things like that. So just... That's just our user base using their website, not counting any licensing opportunities or YouTube monetization or any other things that musicians can do strictly online uh, without having to be on the road touring. Um, so that's that's been, that was really inspiring to see when we looked at the data. Went wow, like the user site sales really picked up when the pandemic hit. Actually, because fans, you know, the generosity of fans, they obviously understood that musicians were hurting and couldn't go see them play live. So um, they contributed to their to their favorite artists uh, at a much higher rate online um, than they were prior. Let's talk more about making money online because mm-hmm. listeners, we are talking to the man right now who literally wrote the book on how musicians can make money. Uh, last time we had you on the show, Dave, we were talking about your ebook at the time, 23 Ways Musicians Can Make Money. So you certainly know a thing or two about how artists can bring in income. So in addition to some of the things that you've already discussed, is there a unique way that artists could be making money right now, a unique revenue stream that's particularly conducive to the online setting that artists could be utilizing right now and should be looking at more right now during this pandemic? Yeah, there's there's a bunch. And, and so, you know, Banzuo launched its, you know, our CEO, Stacy is an incredible leader and, and operator, and she always has this amazing roadmap laid out for our platform, you know, a year in advance, and we know what's coming up. And then the pandemic hit, and it was like, well, that roadmap goes out the window. We need to, we need to figure out what we need to build now to help musicians monetize online and make it a little bit easier for them. So we, we added, we always had a commission-free ticket sales option included with our calendar feature and you know general admission stuff like house concerts and small venues um so we added the functionality to include like a zoom link and a password so you can do live stream uh sell tickets to live streams so over 1300 live stream events were uh, created through um our platform and just about two hundred thousand dollars in revenue from just from ticket sales for those virtual uh live streams and we added a donation, a tip jar feature, and very simple, like tip jar feature. And we've since um, added more functionality to we. You can actually integrate directly with a Twitch stream, a Crowdcast a live stream, Vimeo, YouTube, and Facebook directly in that feature if you want. But initially, it was you know image and a little text and a call to action to to donate, and. The artists that put that on their website, the average tip, so in total, about $200,000 was generated, but the average tip was $42. Wow. Which is much higher than we would have thought. And when we dug through the data, I mean, there were tips of $1,000, $500, 300 you know, and five bucks and 10 bucks. And that's fine. Like, and it just goes to show you have, as an artist, you have different levels of fans. And some of them, um, if you give them the choice, 
to pay what they can, which you know ties into a very popular model of selling digital music that is available on Bandzoogle and Bandcamp. But that tip jar ended up being the ultimate test of that. It's like, hey, like, you know, or artists would link to that tip jar uh, to their website from a live stream on Facebook and Instagram and just say, hey, you know, we're collecting donations, go to this link. And it turns out, like, it's it's so inspiring to see, like, one of our our, our artists... Enter the Haggis, um, longtime Bandzoogle members. They did these um, Throwback Thursday live streams where they they listened to, they went through their entire discography and listened to the albums with their fans and pointed, uh, put a link in the live streams to their website, which had the tip jar feature on it and that album to purchase in case their fans didn't own it yet. And they generated over $15,000 from these um, Throwback Thursday live streams with their fans because you know, their fans couldn't go see them on tour. They had a whole tour plan. So again, you open it up, you let fans choose what they can donate. And some, not everyone has the means to, especially during a pandemic, not everyone, you know, kept their job and things like that. But the fans that are able to, you're giving them the opportunity to give more than, you know, 10 bucks for a digital album or a dollar for a track or, or whatever the case might be. So it really, it really gave artists the option and fans the option to donate more if they could, which was really inspiring. That is really inspiring. And it sort of suggests an opportunity that can exist for musicians right now, because yes, we cannot play live events for our fans anymore. But if you asked most of the fans of your music, would you rather go watch me live in a club with a bunch of other people and you're just one more person in the audience? Or would you rather hang out with me, get to ask me questions, and interact with me in a more intimate setting while getting to experience my craft? Most of your super fans are going to take the latter, and that's still something that you can give them thanks to technology during this pandemic. And from what your story seems to be describing kind of impressively— is fans are willing to pay quite a premium for that and and keep your music career moving forward. And thanks to uh, these new virtual ticket sales features and these tip jar features that Banzoogle is putting out, those options are definitely on the table for musicians. And uh, we really appreciate the work that Banzoogle is doing to make those things come to life. I don't want to give those new features short shrift, Dave. Is there anything else you wanted to tell us about these new innovations that you guys are putting out at Banzoogle to, to get folks excited? Yeah, so there's the live stream ticket sales, the tip jar feature. Um, we added, again, those integrations with those live streaming platforms. So it's a, it's a lot easier to, to bridge the live stream with your own website. Again, bringing people, driving fans to your website so they can donate, they can buy music, merch while they're there, sign up to your mailing list. Very important to own that relationship. And uh, we're just about to launch um, in the next week. Uh, our fan subscriptions, uh, again, there was renewed interest in that, and we're seeing musicians have tons of success with that. I mean, and it ranges from, you know, musicians making, you know, 50, 100, 200 bucks a month to thousands of dollars a month through these, this, that patron style uh, revenue model. And, and so in the next week, we're launching uh, pay what you can subscription tier, which goes back to that, you know, letting your fans decide um, how much to give you, because right now you can set the tiers to be like, $5 and $10 or $20. So we're going to add that functionality um, to allow um, fans to donate what they want or can uh, for that monthly recurring revenue. And we expect, you know, hopefully it'll help 
our members generate even more revenue through that fan subscription. So there's that coming up next. And then we're integrating with print on demand merch um, imminently, which will be another revenue. There's, there's a merch store built in the band Zoogle, but we don't do fulfillment. It's commission free, but it's up to the artist to print and ship and fulfill the, the orders. So we're adding an integration where you can have a whole bunch of products on your web store and then fans buy the stuff and then it got, gets printed and fulfilled uh, and shipped out for you. So that's also coming up next. So we, re we really, since mid-March, have been focused on that direct-to-fan e-commerce to make sure that we're giving our members as many um, opportunities and, and options to generate revenue through their website. I love it. Van Zoogle's got your back during the pandemic, listeners. You can find out more about all these features and how to get your own website by going to www.banzoogle.com. We talked about it a little earlier, but it bears repeating. While you're there, check out the Van Zoogle blog that Dave helped start and, and made a bunch of articles for, but has now... Uh, passed it off to other people who are doing really good stuff with it now as well. There's a lot of great advice on that blog to help you move your career forward. Check it out. You can follow our guest on Twitter at Dave underscore cool. Dave, this has been a treat, my man. I've really enjoyed this. Before we let you go, one last question. Do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? Sure. You know, like we mentioned off the top, but taking this opportunity while there there isn't an option to play live shows is get your online presence in order. If you don't have a website, set one up. You don't, if you don't have direct-to-fan e-commerce, set that up. Um, try out the fan subscriptions model, the patron model. Um, and the other thing I would say is while we're, you know, kind of stuck having to network virtually, take advantage of the fact that every music conference right now has to be online. So there's tons of summits and conferences. A lot of them are doing free because of the reality of just, you know, let's just bring people together. So take advantage, attend these things, network online so that, you know, connect with people. And so that when you go back on tour and go back to conferences, you've already initiated a lot of these relationships um, while we're all stuck at home right now. So there's lots of opportunities to do that. So I'd encourage artists to, to look out for, for all those online opportunities to, to still connect with people. And then when we hopefully soon get back to uh, normal, we can all uh, connect in person and uh, have a drink and enjoy <laughs> conferences well, and, and networking again. Networking is great. And uh, if I'm going to be stuck at home, you know, getting to chat with Dave Cool for a bit makes it a little bit easier. So I appreciate your time. And I know the listeners do as well. Thank you very much for being on this week. Thanks so much, Ryan. It was great talking to you again. And thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast.